Yo, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Dan Garcia, and joining me is Tim Motherfucking Gettys. I love it. Is this two Mondays in a row? That it's it's two Mondays. Channel? We just need a um, like a good tagline for it. Yeah, we'll like, have to figure that out. I'm not going to be able to top Tim Tam, but we can find something. <laughs> yeah, Tim like, Tam's pretty good. Jason. I think really Tim good. Tam, we're returning sometime soon. Is it this Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday, baby. Tim Tam. But nah, that's so far away. If I wanted to know what was happening today, Janet, where would I look? You're already in the right place. Good, good. I feel like I'm blending like previous work experiences, but how was your weekend? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was good it was good this um, is all a lie this is a ruse before the show janet asked me how my weekend was and i already told her everything and she's like well then i'm just gonna ask you again at the top of the show but yeah. you know what you know what it was amazing i'm gonna come up with a different story this time cool. i did so much i was very eventful and productive so here I, here i am very excited to talk about video games with you really cool yeah i had a, a pretty good weekend too did you happen to catch space jam are you gonna watch space jam did, did. You watch we watched that? we watched space jam last friday and our reviews up on youtube.com slash kind of funny nice what were your yeah. thoughts i was surprised at how competent the movie was uh especially in relation to the first one and i think that overall it did more good than bad but it it definitely made some egregious mistakes including not not using let alone overusing the Space Jam music, because that's the whole point. We're just, we're going too far down this line, Janet, of people going back to established properties and being afraid to commit to the thing we love most about them. This has happened with Mortal Kombat. It's happening again with Space Jam. It's like, we all know what we want from it. Just pump up the jams. Come on and slam. That's it. <laughs> so not, not enough slam? Uh, or too much no. slam? Not enough slam. Not nearly enough slam. <laughs> The jam? Yeah, I was okay. I was um yeah, I was surprised that it was it was better than I thought it would be, but by the end I was like this is I'm glad this is ending. <laughs> but I can't even remember the old one. It's been so long and like at this point I'm afraid to go back. So, you know, it, it was what it was. But mm -hmm. here's what today is. Today's stories include no new Nintendo Switch, the Steam Deck avoiding drift, Ratchet and Clank's modernization meaning an easier game and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you can go correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. And if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching kind of funny games daily to be part of the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you mcu and review returns today as the boys rank the loki series against all the mcu movies and shows you can catch it live on patreon.com slash kind of funny or tomorrow on youtube.com slash kind of funny and podcast services a thank you to our patreon producer blackjack and today we're brought to you by purple mattress canva and freshly but greg will tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the rover report that was a really good uh that's a good uh that was a good let's start off with nintendo saying it has no plans to release another switch model right now this comes over from joe scrubbles at ign yeah look who's this could have easily been from any other day but it's from today so let's get into it 
Uh, Nintendo has formally denied a report saying that it would see an increased profit margin with the new Switch OLED model and also said it has, quote, no plans to release another Switch model at this time as rumors of a Switch Pro continue to swirl. Last week, Bloomberg released a report saying that the OLED model cost Nintendo around $10 more to manufacture per unit than the original Switch, with a $50 price increase at retail that would see a higher profit margin for the company. However, Nintendo's Investor Relations Twitter account today formally denied the report. And I'm going to interject here and say they technically did not name the Bloomberg report, but it is the only report that had that, so it is heavily implied, but they did not like at you know, the company or the outlet. The message read as followed. A news report on July 15th, 2021 claimed that the profit margin of the Nintendo Switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make clear that that claim is incorrect. Before the announcement of the OLED model, multiple reports claimed that Nintendo was working on a more powerful model of the Switch, capable of 4K TV output with the support of NVIDIA's DLSS rendering. The so-called Switch Pro was reportedly slated for holiday 2021. Some have speculated that a new model could still be announced at a later date, another rumor that Nintendo chose to address today. We want to clarify that we just announced the Switch OLED model launch in October 2021 and have no plans for launching any other model at this time. The piece then continues by mentioning, you know, how rare it is for Nintendo to even address rumors, but also mentions that they use language like this before. Scrabbles writes, in February, Nintendo president Furukawa was asked if the company would announce a new Switch model, to which she replied, we do not have plans to announce a new model. The Switch OLED model was announced just five months later. So as much as I hate to be super conspiracy theory-esque, do you... What's your read on this, Tim? Do you buy this? Do you believe that there is no plan for another model in the works? Uh, I mean, it, this gets so complicated because these types of choice words, it's like, I don't think that there is plans to launch a model at this time. That is correct. They're launching the OLED model in October this year. So I don't think we're going to see another Switch this year, right? So that claim is true. What I think is most interesting about this, and I don't know if this is the direction you're taking your conspiracy theory, but... Nintendo doesn't really respond to these type of comments. Why did that did this, did this happen? Do they have their eyes on Bloomberg in a way that they didn't before, right? Ooh. Where it's like this just seems a little bit out of character for them to even react to for for any way. And I get that the world's in a different place and when we start looking at these numbers, a $50 price increase, like is that actually going to cost that much uh, when it comes to the the cost of goods itself? And Bloomberg here is talking about how uh, it should cost $10 more to manufacture per unit. I wonder if that's keeping in mind the rising costs of everything or just the scarcity of things where it's harder to get. So even if it is cheap, it's still they need that kind of uh, leeway of the price increase to kind of make up for the difficulty in, in getting as much as they need. Um, so maybe they're addressing it to kind of like give themselves at least a little more padding for less people to be mad at them. But like, that seems weird. Like for them to specifically call out consumers and investors in the same kind of statement, it's like, what is the actual point of saying anything here because this kind of is just uh, the sky is blue type news story when you really look at just the headline of nintendo says something and it's like okay but they could say something different tomorrow yeah i think as far as the like investor situation unlike in like addressing the price specifically i think they really want to get in front of any 
dialogue around the Switch OLED's cost and whether or not that cost is warranted. I think especially like in this era of seeing, you know, other handhelds come into the space and like what warrants like a certain cost. I, I don't I think they want to make sure that it doesn't look like they're being greedy with their quote unquote premium skew when the premium skew is like kind of barely premium. I also think that it's, you know, everyone's very aware that Nintendo is the only person making the only company making consoles that doesn't take a loss on them. So I think the idea of them, oh, not only are you not taking a loss, but you're making more of a profit than before. I think that is a rumor can be really dangerous to their brand. And then so I imagine maybe these situations got, you know, bunched into one thing where since they address the price, they're like, well, if we don't address the other rumor, people will notice that we addressed one rumor, but not the other. So let's just put this all together in one pot of rumors and get it cleared up. I mean, it's just, it's kind of bizarre to me because it's like the the whole rumors, there's rumors about everything. And like, why would Nintendo care about this? It's like, why would investors care? If they're, if it's just a higher profit, like that's just a good thing for everyone overall. This thing's selling out, right? Like that's just the, the, the way that the world is right now. Like Nintendo is selling a new version of the Switch that has a better screen, that does not have better anything of a console that is now four years old. And it is charging $50 more than it's ever cost before, which is just $50 less than some of the like, next-gen consoles, right? Like, I mean, at this point, how much is the Series S? Am I totally even missing this? Is it, it more expensive than a Series S? The Series S, I feel like this... Oh, that's I 300, it's, right? It's, I think it is 300, right? Like, that, I think that's the price point of the Series that's X. That's insane. Right? <laughs> it's but, insane. Yeah. But so it's interesting because the Series S is like the weaker skew, though. Like it's, okay. you know, I get all of. I think it's three. I, um, I want to say I'm seeing three fifty bundle on GameStop, but it comes with like Game Pass and stuff. And I, then of course I'm getting all the weird skewed up prices. Series S is three hundred on Best Buy. What I'm seeing right now. So it's it, and I know that comparing them is silly in a lot of ways, but I think it's an apt thing to bring up when we're talking about Nintendo doesn't give a fuck. And why would they? Because people are buying it. I bought one. I, but also, I'm the art audience for this. I'm disappointed in what the product is. I wish it was better than what it is. Having said that, it's enough of what I'm looking for that I'm going to upgrade to it. But I have right. the means to do that. And why do you wish it was better? People. Why did you want it to be better? Because I'm a Nintendo fan and I want them to be modern. <laughs> but I think, and let me know if I'm off base on this, I think one reason that you want it to be better is because of all the conversation and rumors around Switch Pro. No. We've been talking for like, really, we've been talking for years, for years, Nintendo fans and Nintendo content creators have asked, what do you want from the Switch Pro? We've, we've been able to build up our dream list in a way that we never really have for any other console because we know what Nintendo does. They don't do modern powered hardware. That's, they're just like doing other stuff, weird stuff. That's who they are. That's how, that's who they've been forever. But at least for me, like, and maybe, you know, for you, it just was totally of your own volition. Having the conversations around Switch Pro is why when the OLED came out, I'm like, well, I guess I can't be mad because they never told me that they were doing a Switch Pro. We were just talking about it and it was heavily rumored. So I think part of this, you know, and I'm sure they're still selling, you know, the Switch OLED well, but I'm also sure there was disappointment in a way that there wouldn't have been disappointment if I wasn't expecting this. Like when the Switch Lite came out, I wasn't like, this isn't what I wanted from a more portable version of it. I didn't have time to really think about that. It wasn't a conversation point. It was just a cool new that thing Nintendo put out that was along its skews. See, see that this is what I think is really interesting about this is I find the conversation about the conversation so funny that we're at this point where it's just like people people are talking less about what Nintendo's actually giving us and more about who said what and who started what rumors and getting angry at at influencers for like creating this thing out of nothing. It's like 
in my opinion, that's just not true. It's like Bloomberg reported on this. Like that is a reputable, one of the most yeah. reputable sites when it comes to this type of stuff. So it's like, it's not like these rumors just came out of someone's ass. Like they came from somewhere. And more than that, they came from somewhere because they they were real and they actually did come from somewhere that ended up changing along the line. But more than that, it's like, it's not like the things that were expected from this Switch Pro are crazy and un-Nintendo like. Like, it's not like it's gonna make it the beefiest, best system ever. It's literally just catching it up to last gen almost. <laughs> like we're talking about PS4, not PS5. So it's like, I don't think that it's asking too much. And that's why I'm disappointed is that there's just certain little things they could have done that would have made this so much better. Like I just want to go around the lost woods and have it not stutter. I don't think that that is too much to ask. Like, I think that that it should be okay in 2021. Right. And when you what you talk, brought up about the, the switch light, we had the exact same thing. I was in a multi-year beef with Jared Petty about will they ever release the switch light? And I that was a bet I won. I told I said I was like, they're going to release uh, the switch light. Uh, I mean, it was just it was just the fact that I get to bring it up on a show in July 2019 with Jana Garcia, and it feels damn good. Okay, it feels damn good. But no, I, I was always saying I was like, they're gonna release a portable only switch. And he was like, No, that completely is not the point of what the switch is and i was like jared you need to remember this is the nintendo that put a 3ds out and then called it the 2ds <laughs> like they don't give a fuck nintendo does whatever the hell they want to do they do whatever makes sense at that time and i feel like when you look at it this oled switch to me this doesn't make sense at the time like it would make sense for them to release something that does have some more type of power boost maybe not all of the advancements that were talked about but like more than what we got for sure having said that i'm a sucker for oled so they're giving me that yeah, yeah so then you already have you know people people in chat mentioned did you say july 2019 just now yeah i did everyone in chat's like is two years behind and if you're two years behind the switch isn't that bad of a deal that's the thing that's the thing you know what i mean i'm just like nintendo right now yeah like <laughs> a little behind the times Taking a while to catch up. Um, speaking of Nintendo and Nintendo comparisons uh, for Steam Deck stuff, Valve is doing its best to avoid thumbstick drift. This also comes from Joe Scrabbles at IGN, who's out there putting in that work. And in case you missed it, the Steam Deck is part of July's IGN first, meaning that you can expect exclusive coverage, you know, coming out about that device. And this is just one of the many details that have uh, emerged from that reporting and that coverage. So here's what they had to say. Quote, we've done a ton of testing on reliability on all fronts, really, and all inputs in different environmental factors and all that kind of stuff. Replied hardware engineer Yazan uh, Aldehyatt. I think we feel that this will perform really well. And I think people will be super happy with it. I think it's going to be a great buy. I mean, obviously, every part will fail at some point. But we think people will be very satisfied and happy with this. Steam Deck sure. designer uh, John Akita added that the parts involved were part of that thought process. We purposefully picked something that we knew the performance of, right? We didn't want to take a risk on that, right? As I'm sure our customers don't want us to to take a risk on that either. Steam Deck designer, um, you know, then we went on to kind of uh, close out those comments. So Drift, is it a concern for the Steam Deck? And is it something that, well, Tim, did you end up getting a uh, Steam Deck? I am not the audience for a Steam Deck. Wow. I mean, like, that's a that's how this thing, all this stuff works. It's like, I'm a, I'm a Nintendo guy. It's like, to me, I'm a Nintendo guy and I'm a tech guy. You add that together, I'm going to be in the market for the OLED model. I'm not in the market for a Steam Deck. I'm so, so excited that it exists because it's going to push the industry forward. I love portable gaming and I, I think that it is important and I love that we are seeing 
a return to it in, in a bunch of various forms in different ways, whether it's retro with like the analog pocket, uh, a little more gimmicky and weird with the play date, I think it's called. Like then we of course oh, yeah. have Nintendo and then the, the Steam Deck. And it's like this is all very cool. I do think that this Joy-Con drift situation is a huge issue. Um, and it's it's less of an issue for Nintendo just because you can always buy another Joy-Con, but that's uh, still a big issue for consumers, having to buy another thing, right? Like that is not a great way to kind of um, have your products just be kind of the baseline and understood. Like that's just what the expectations are if you're going to invest in Nintendo's ecosystem. Uh, on the Steam Deck side, this does seem like it is a more expensive product. It's more premium product, um, at least on the the, the high ends. And I, I think that them, this is one of those like non stories in the way that like they had to answer it this way because somebody asked them. And so it's being reported on, but it's like, there's, I just feel like it's kind of like they found a story from this. You know what I mean? Like, of course, everyone's going to say, yeah, AR shit's going to work until it doesn't. Yeah, I think the until it doesn't is a little bit awkward. I mean, obviously you have to mention that and, and common sense tells you that hardware over time Everything fails and everything. It's kind of like how, um, gosh, what is it called? Disc rot, right? Where like all of your discs were like rot over time, but that's not really going to affect you in your lifetime. So you don't really need to worry about disc rot. But it's something that like if you're in the know and a physical collector and looking to, I don't know, I guess pass down <laughs> physical media to your you know family line or anything like that sure i guess but it's like yeah it's, almost, it's an inevitability like everything's gonna be destroyed but i do think with like that higher price point it's it is a little bit awkward um and in a way it's like oh well maybe i should wait longer and see how it all shakes out and that was sort of my justification for not ordering we're not not ordering one because it's like reserving one or whatever not getting in line to have one reserved um though at the same time i'm also like finally feeling the pain of everyone who try who's trying to get next gen consoles where i'm like oh but if i don't get the steam deck now when i do decide i want it is that wait going to be an indefinite period um but yeah certainly the lack of being able to interchange it yeah is definitely cause for concern and we've seen drift from like other hardware as well like people have reported on like some dual sense drift as well but again with that you can just change that one part. Um, I guess my question is, if this does end up being an issue, do you think it's enough to kind of like stop the handheld in its tracks? Like, is this something that people should be really concerned about? Or is it something that, you know, if it happens, it happens, maybe it'll be irrelevant by the time it becomes a problem. I think that this is something we should not worry about at all, unless it's a problem with this device. I mean, this reminds me going back to the iPhone 4 and it had the antenna problem and it's like, and then they fixed it and then it didn't. <laughs> like, that's just how tech works. So it's like, it's a little weird to be like, well, the Switch has this problem, so this thing's going to have it too. And it's like, okay, well, we've had a lot of other devices in our life that didn't have that issue. So we could assume that as well. Like, yeah, definitely keep your eye on it, but... I don't think this is going to end up being an issue. And if it does end up being an issue, it will be addressed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much in that same boat. It is a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a cause for concern for me because it's so speculative. It's like, oh, if you have this problem, but yeah, I mean, I think in general, just investing that much money in a handheld kind of gives me pause. And I know it's basically like a PC handheld, but I'm like, I already did also spend a lot of money on my PC. So maybe that I don't play on very often. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think all these things just help inform people on, you know, what purchases they want to make, what they want to wait on. And, you know, ultimately, it's it's cool that they you know, have had it in mind and had at least a decent answer to give, you know, for that kind of question, because it is going to be on people's mind um, for sure. 
Uh, speaking of things that are on people's mind lately, let's talk game difficulty, specifically as it relates to Ratchet & Clank's modernization. This comes over from Axios uh, Gaming Newsletter, which was written by Megan Farokumesh and Steven Satillo. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Axios uh, Gaming's newsletter, it's a pretty cool roundup. Like, I really like how they break down everything. They'll, like, have, you know, their one big thing as their main story, which uh, in this past week was the Ratchet & Clank piece that we're going to talk about now. And they, like, break it down to, like, these like really dope and skimmable bullet points where it'll say like, you know, here's the big thing. Here's like what we can read in between the lines of. Here's this other part. So definitely um, a newsletter I think you should check out if you have been familiar. But I'm let's not familiar. get into it. Yeah, Axios, that's, that's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I feel like, well, I don't want to say they just came out, but I know like Steven's role and, and et cetera is, is pretty new there. So, um, but yeah, they have some pretty cool roundups, uh, including this one, which reads, the creators of the PlayStation 5 hit Ratchet and Clank Rift apart, jettisoned old ideas about game difficulty, and even made previously, quote, unthinkable design decisions to help players get through their new game, its creator told Axios in an exclusive interview. Why it matters. Some game designers are rethinking the virtues of making a game, making a challenging game versus those of making games that more people can get through. Quote, we have sort of shed this conventional wisdom that games kind of need to be a hard ass in order to get satisfaction out of it. Rift Apart game director Mike Daly told Axios of his team's new approach to game challenge between the lines. Ratchet games have never been the hardest games, but this new one gives players more help. A selection of traditional difficulty settings for all the action in Rift Apart is complemented by an expanded ping and hit system, which offers players, lost players a nudge toward objectives. Between all the shooting, there are puzzle levels, a series staple, but in Rift Apart, players can skip any with a press of a button. That's something that would have been unthinkable three to five years ago, Insomniac's Mike Fitzgerald said. The biggest boost Rift Apart gives players comes through the unique PlayStation 5 feature called Activity Cards, which appear on the console's home menu. For Rift Apart, the cards are used to signpost in-game tasks, including missions players can complete or hidden items they may want to track down, except for those bears, by the way. I such a dumb out. decision. <laughs> the bears Why? are not available. Did you? Were you also personally victimized with these bears? Did you yeah. get the platinum on this? I, I did, and and the one of my biggest criticisms of Ratchet and Clank is that it the game does such a good job of everything they're saying here of giving you the choice to make the annoying stuff easier for you if you want it to be, except for that one thing. And I just wish there was a little more consistency of being everything on, is on the map except for these damn bears. And it's like there there was there's not, nothing fun about exploring maps this big trying to find these little things and not really having a good way to track what level you already got it in, what levels you didn't. It's like that to me was a, a very poor design choice and an otherwise immaculately designed game. Yeah, Kebabs mentions the bears are all on the main path, but even if they are on the main path, if you miss it, that makes it even worse to me because then if you miss it, you're going to have to like go all the way back through. Like, I think it's still, again, it's weird. To, I mean, the main path is on the main path, right? Like the ping system is also part of aiding you along a main path. But so it's weird to have everything taken care of except for this one thing it does you know it's funny because the whole point of this is like oh look at all these things they did this is cool and here we are like complaining about the one thing they didn't do but i do find it odd because it reminds me of you know tim i don't know if you have you ever used like physical game guides oh oh yeah you know like the little right like back of in the course. day you get the books from, like, and all that. yeah 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 gotta rip the the secret section open and stuff of course like, there were always those guides that were like you know you get to like a boss or like a puzzle or something and they'll say now it's time to use everything we taught you. Good luck. Where I dropped 20, 30 dollars on it. You better give me the fucking answer. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I for really sure. am here 
for the information. Um, Kamab's also mentioned using the accessibility feature, you know, in the chat um, to highlight them. So yeah, I think that's also cool ways to like add that too. I mean, I know for, um, you know, speaking of other games that have like these kind of things baked in, like for The Last of Us 2, a lot of people were like, I'm using the colorblind mode specifically to like find things, you know? So I think there are ways to, you know, customize and use things to best serve you. Uh, what's your takeaway from this kind of redesign of the game in terms of not redesign the game because like they made it and redid it but kind of you know adjusting their perception of difficulty like how did their interaction with difficulty change your experience or did it change it at all like what was your sort of takeaway from playing it versus other games in the franchise i i'm a huge ratchet and clank fan i've played all of them and this one definitely stood out to me and a, a lot of the reason why was this type of stuff they made really cool decisions that added up to be a great experience not necessarily any single one of them being this like major standout but as you were reading this and they're talking about the previously unthinkable design decision i was like what are they talking about and later when it was revealed oh they are talking about being able to skip those puzzles entirely i loved that decision i i love when games kind of like whenever whenever they switch up their gameplay style on you it's not always a win and i think that this game did it well where the puzzles actually were fun and didn't take away from the game too much like it wasn't like uh in my opinion the mary jane parts of spider-man or, or the miles parts of spider-man 2018 um 2017 2018 doesn't matter 2018 who knows what year you're in at this point yeah, I know, it was I, I, a few minutes exactly, ago like we're going exactly. all over the place um but i i think that the the ratchet clank the the clank missions in this one and the, the little the glitch bot thing like those were fun enough and they, they were good to like break up the traditional ratchet gameplay loop that we had but i did have a couple times where i was like because i think you had to beat the game twice uh to, to platinum it or at least it made it easier to like go through and uh collect some of the things you're missing and or like to level up all the weapons and all that stuff so as i was playing through it again i'm like i don't i already did this i don't want to do it again so just having that option just made my experience better of playing the game and like i love that these options are just that options and they can just enhance the way you want to interact with these video games and to me that is the most modern way of looking at game design is kind of giving the sandbox that we we first saw at least i first really experienced in you know things like mario 64 then being translated into um like gta 3 where it's like hey there is a game here but honestly just running around is fun and if mm -hmm. you just want to turn cheat codes on and go nuts and get six stars and run away from the cops for as long as possible. You just created your own game within the game. As long as you're having fun, that's that what matters. That was the best game. That's like the my probably my biggest memory of playing GTA is doing that. Like you get oh. like, and then also um like doing the thing where you you like, I guess like you kind of save scum basically where you'll like spend all your money. Like I'd spend all my money on the rocket launcher, and then I'd use the rocket launcher to just like take down a bunch of people and rack up my points, and then I just yep. wouldn't save it. That was like my main. So, so my fun. main playthrough when I would boot it up. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, there's been a lot of conversations around game difficulty and, you know, what it does for the industry. Um, I think the best conversations have been the ones highlighting the ways that it can be positive and the ways it can be creatively implemented. And the other ones, honestly, are not really worth entertaining. But I think the big thing to remember, too, is I feel like a lot of people, we all have our, like, lines in the sand for how we personally play, like how we like to play our own games. And again, it's about options. It, you don't have to use it. You can if you want to. And I, I do think it's funny that some pe sometimes when people are like really against, you know, skipping stuff or having easy stuff because they feel like it's not how they want to play. So for some reason, they kind of impose that onto other people. But like this is the same group that might, you know, use like a trophy guide, use all these other ancillary resources where it's like, OK, at that point, that 
is your own different version of aid. I think assistance in games comes in so many ways, whether, you know, you were like me and you'd have like me and my brother would switch off playing games like on the, we'd play the same game, but different files and he'd go, then I go. It's like, that was like our version of like a YouTube walkthrough, you know, totally. someone would go, we'd figure it out and then we'd toss it back. So I, I do encourage you if you're maybe, if you have a little bit of a visceral reaction to this, to think about the ways that you've played games over the years and the ways you've gotten help or had different experiences and how like that is its own form of those elements. And for someone else, like it might be toning down the speed, turning down the speed into last or making that little adjustment. Um, and I love that trophies are moving away from that too. Like not having to have like, that's what stopped me from keeping, getting the last of us one platinum where I'm like, I don't know if I want to beat this game on hard. Cause I just mm -hmm. don't feel like it'll be fun. And then, so that's the thing. There's a Daniel Hotter seven in the chat says, I disagree with Tim skipping because it's not fun. Isn't a good thing. They should have made it fun. I totally agree with you there, Daniel. Like I do think that uh, everything being put into a game, I would much rather less modes than more modes and more things just to add content to a game. And I love that. It seems like the industry has been shifting that way uh, where we've seen more single player only games or multiplayer only games. It's like, yes focus make them the best that they possibly can and even within that it's like battle royale it's like this is a battle royale game this is an arena game and like we've seen like apex legends kind of uh have those modes but only after they've nailed one of the visions do they move on to the next vision to to add something different um but i i'm not saying that it's the skipping because it's not fun in ratchet i think what was great is i did it it was fun the first time i did it but redoing puzzles isn't necessarily as fun as redoing combat scenarios. So yeah. when I was replaying Ratchet as part of my first experience uh, of playing the game where it's like I wanted to platinum it, so I did play it back to back, being able to skip it allowed me to just get to the more fun parts because I had already done had the fun of the puzzle before to me that is good design that is allowing people to play the way they want to and have fun with the fun things that are being presented to them. But I do think that uh we are just improving constantly with every major release from these giant studios that are caring about this stuff uh both from a modern game design standpoint and from an accessibility standpoint those things are helping each other in certain ways but that's not the goal right the goal is mm -hmm. creating more accessibility modes for people that need them and the goal on the other side is to create just more fun experiences for as many people as possible so i would love to see a world that uh the the colorblind mode and stuff isn't the main way people are uh you know finding all the hidden items and stuff in a in a level i would much rather from a modernization of game design standpoint them figure out a way to do that without changing the look of the game and changing the experience of the game for people that don't need that on a non-accessibility side right like yeah. i like and I, I do think that they, they kind of inform each other in a way where that was a feature that we didn't have and we didn't know but the trophy hunters out there are now using it but it's like cool what can we do to do that from a more integrated game side, right? And I, I think that in a couple of years, especially looking at PlayStation Studios, I think that we're going to see a lot of that. I think that uh, there's going to be a lot, like the, the game help cards, right, that, that PlayStation have. Such a great idea that I think a lot of us kind of knew was never going to live up to what it yep. could be, right? But I'm hoping one day it does. Like, I'm hoping those things get better it's going to take a team of people that really care about making those good and i don't really have faith that that's going to happen but yeah. i think that the more modes and the more the more that games have can kind of normalize and standardize different functions like what we're talking about i think those will just lean into better prepared cards that can better serve more people so we're on a good path going forward here and i, I think that 
ratchet and the design design decisions they made here are fantastic examples and the reason that mean you were being so negative and bringing up the bear thing is because that stood out it felt outdated compared to the rest of the things it was next to in in this game that i think really is one of the more immaculate uh examples of game design when it comes to collectathon yeah i think so too and like i, I love you bringing up the the card stuff uh, again, people not <laughs> prioritizing guides comes back to haunt you. I, I'm just shocked that they haven't. And maybe they have, you know, because I actually I'm not in the studios, so I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And I don't think there's been a lot of like a whole lot of research into how like the cards and the game help is actually formed. Like, I think we know kind of from common sense that like the studios involved, but like who's actually putting in the info like i don't think there's been a lot of articles written on it um if y'all know of any please like link them out because i'd love to check them out and, and get more info on that but it just feels like can't you just have like a team of like the best regular guides writers just come in like and and just figure out how to format it and word it and and, and they'll know like the stuff that people are going to look up or want to know or like one thing i've been really wanting from cards is i feel like it's not expanded enough as guide help i'm like even in games that don't have critical path i'm like you can have you know tips and tricks like min maxing stuff like there's so much unexplored stuff in that um so yeah hopefully that gets pushed forward i mean i think the fact that that was part of hey here's what you're getting with the next gen experience does speak to the fact that you know as this um you know our newsletter slip out or newsletter like write up kind of mentions like people are changing how they think about the games they want to make and, and who they want to draw in and who they want to retain. Um, and I think that's really cool because ultimately it leads to, you know, more people playing and more options to play. Um, yeah. Speaking of things that we are going to play at some point, Skate will not be at EA Play, but they do have a teaser and they dropped it literally two minutes before we recorded this. And I'm so excited that we can actually talk about what they dropped. So first, let's talk about the uh, the tweet where they announced they're not, that they're not going to be at EA Play. Uh, they put, holy, you know, shit presumably but they just put a bunch of little little symbols it's been a year and then there's a question mark and a bunch of exclamation points emphasis there it's not mine uh what have we been up to well we formed a studio back in january got a bunch of super talented people to join the family and we've been working hard on the new game now we know many of you were hoping to see more from us this week but we're not ready for prime time just yet and we won't be part of the ea play live show on thursday it's still early and we are committed to doing this right which means it's going to take some time our number one goal is to not blow it for you for us for skate which i feel like it's so it's so melodramatically worded but the tweet continues to say however we're stoked to share a little something with you all tomorrow. And guess what? Today is tomorrow. Time has been nice. weird this episode. Just go with it. <laughs> Here's what they dropped. They dropped a teaser uh, video. If you could go ahead and pull up that teaser video on the same Twitter account as where that teaser video is embedded. Uh, it's about like two and a half minutes long. And essentially okay. what it is, is it kind of teases what they've been up to. You see a little bit of the development, some of the mocap, and you see a couple clips of, like they mentioned, oh no, who's seen gameplay? And they're like, these people have, and they like cut to the people reacting and being really moved by what they see. And it's like, oh, I wonder what they're seeing. And they talk a little bit about character customization as well. And then they have a little bit of, a, of an extra hint they dropped. Tim, do you want to read out what that extra hint is? Well, it's like they go through and this is it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of influencers here, but like these are the skate influencers. These are not just like random people that are like, hey, we're going to show you stuff and, you know, hope you like video games. It's like, no, these are people that have been in the skate community for for years at this point. And they're kind of all just making a bunch of mentions. This is to me a perfect type of 
hype trailer for where they're at in this stage of development for this game. Like, obviously, this game doesn't exist yet, but it exists way more than I expected it to, if I'm being honest, based on the announcement last year that literally was just, hey, we're doing this thing. Like, you guys kind of, like, forced our hand by commenting on every single video and every single chat uh, for a lifetime for, for Skate 4. So, hey, we're going to do it. Whether it's to shut you up or not, we're doing it. We've seen this already happen with Mirror's Edge uh, too back in the day. But now we're doing it with Skate. And I got to say, everything they're saying sounds perfect to me. This seems like it's a, it's being made by a group of people that get it, get how important Skate is. You said that it's a little melodramatic to say doing it right for Skate. I love it though. I feel like they, they this is the type of franchise that really holds a special place in people's hearts and in the industry's hearts. And the, the expectation is that it's not going to live up to the hype. So for them to be like, no, we're really trying to do this and get it right. I love and having this group of people, like the choice quotes they have of all of them kind of like going through, it really does tease. This is a great tease for this game. And it has two of the people being like, wait, the game is, and it cuts out right before they say what the thing is. And then it cuts to another guy being like, wow, the game's that that's interesting. And like, I wonder what that is. Is it free to play? Is it like, what hints are they? They did that on purpose, right? Like this, everything in this teaser was designed to elicit emotion out of skate fans so i'm pretty interested in in what that could have been because it, it sounds like it'd be a big game changer because everything else they're talking about is just the thing people love most about skate of like really being able to create your own scare character ah, create your own skater um and just hang out with your friends and have a good time and really just nail that perfect run and if they can nail that they've done their job yeah like is there something that they in your mind, did you fill in that blank? I know you mentioned free to play as a possibility, but when they said like, oh, like this is what it is. Did, was there something that you either had in mind or hope will come to fruition from this? I got to be honest. I am a much bigger Tony Hawk's Pro Skater guy than I am a skate guy. I've always mm -hmm. enjoyed the skate guy, skate games, but like I love Tony Hawk with a passion. So it's like for me, I just want this to be really high quality and I just want them to like nail the essence of what skate always was, which was at the end of the day to me about community. It was less about like this like crazy campaign and story mode and, and they they had some fun moments here and there but it was like it was just about how fun it was to play and how fun it was to play with your friends yeah for sure i think you know it's kind of interesting would you like to see this kind of trend continue like where they have not just the hey we're not going to be there but also have a little bit of a tease do you think that lightens the blow does it make you like wish that would you have wanted to see this at ea play or do you feel like this was the more appropriate place to put it as a hey tomorrow we're going to drop a little teaser they drop this video on twitter kind of unceremoniously and just leave it because i feel like this could have easily also been at ea play as well you know there's there's a lot of interesting things our next news story we're going to be talking about uh the new tom clancy game that ubisoft announced in a really weird way where yesterday they were just like hey tomorrow ign's gonna reveal a new game for us and it's like why wasn't this at uh, Ubisoft Forward last month during E3? You know, you look at the Nintendo OLED and it's like, why wasn't that part of their Nintendo Direct? There are so many game showcases now and just with the way that the world is where everything got condensed, like pushed forward. And then now it's just like this weird hodgepodge of events and ownership of announcements where more so than ever, every single company is able to just make an announcement on Twitter. And it has just as much impact as being a part of a showcase because every major news site is covering like following these people's twitter accounts and, and get that information and it is just as valid i think that we're still in this 
like that started last year really but like now we're in this moment where everyone's still trying to figure out what the best route forward is and so i think ea play in particular i'm very excited to see what it ends up looking like uh later is it later this week it is later this week uh because they've stripped so much out of it where it's and and so much leaked stuff is expected in it like with dead space that i don't they're they're in a unique spot for me where they're gonna give us everything they promised it looks like but at some point um and i've been talking about this a lot with the transparency uh with these showcases like transparency is important it -hmm. always is but i think at some point when it comes to these type of showcases it hits a point when you're getting way too transparent and it's like okay when you take away all of the expectations and all the risks you tell people exactly what they're going to get that doesn't mean what you're putting out is good it just means you didn't lie and you did the thing you're going to do that doesn't get you an a in my book you get what i'm saying like i did the assignment because i told you i made the assignment and i did it's like when you Yes. Now I feel like I'm throwing shade to like inadvertent shade to when you get to make your own project at school. But it's like you decide what it is and then you also grade yourself. And like that's mostly going to be what we give you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is an interesting like take where it is sort of pushing us. It makes it diff- more difficult to, I think, grade or assess like how good I think these presentations are where it's like, well, it wasn't that interesting, but you told me it wasn't going to be that interesting. So I feel like it was fine and it does end up, which I think is probably what they want, right? It to be, hey, we did what we said we were going to do with like one or two surprises. Um, I think a good middle ground so far, like I've, I've been cool with how like PlayStation's done there so far where they're like, this is what we're focusing on. You won't see and be. And then we like see some stuff and there's some things in there that like maybe you weren't expecting, but for the most part, it kind of, you know, runs the course. Um, I think especially for if you have, I think it's a little bit better when you have like a specific game you're showcasing. I think something like EA Play, that falls a little bit less relevant because EA Play is just a bunch of EA stuff. And obviously we know some of the stuff that's going to be there and they usually like highlight a few like notable things, who's hosting, what you, the time and all those things. But since it's not one specific game, I feel like I less want to know we're getting and what we're not getting because this is like supposed to be your big event this is like essentially your e3 the post e3 season and i kind of like it to be a little bit more open-ended um and i guess to like answer my own thing for what i want this in their proper ea play i think it's good where it is because i feel like if it was at ea play people would be like oh my god skate and then they're like really like there's nothing here so i think it would like build excitement and then drop it off immediately while going into this post you know i was refreshing the page like before the show to see if they were going to drop it so we could talk about it i was like okay cool here's what they said they would do let's see what it ends up being and you know personally i wasn't you know super moved by it just because it didn't really show me much other than like trying to build my hype up for the game like it didn't give me anything tangible to grasp onto other than like the trusting the the franchise but I'm like, all right, well, you just told me to do a little something. This is what it was. I wasn't really expecting anything and it it wasn't anything too crazy. Uh, One last thing I want to ask you before we, you know, toss to our our sponsors is why was the entirety of the original tweet in lowercase? Like the post about the game. Is it because Skate is in lowercase? Is that like a brand thing? Uh, Yeah, I guess that would make sense. It was giving me like Tumblr vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Tumblr vibes. That's so funny. I'm like, what was this like? It seemed, and then I looked at their other tweets. They don't do that on their other tweets. I don't know. We all know one person like that. Please let me know in the chat if you know someone who puts everything in lowercase. It seems like so much more work. You got to go back, reformat it. But uh, I digress. Let's go ahead and hear a word. Such a writer's point of view. I know, right? (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by Purple. Doesn't it seem like the world's against you from getting a good night's sleep this time of year? Boy, I know. It's summertime. Gets hot. 
You're over there. You're flipping around on the bed. You can't get comfortable. It's a million degrees. You're flipping the pillows. You're still upset. You're sweating all the time. It's disgusting. But when you have a purple mattress, ladies and gentlemen, you can sleep cool and comfortable no matter what life throws at you. That's because only purple mattresses have the grid. Its unique ventilated design allows for air to flow through to help you sleep cool, even when it feels like a thousand degrees out. We know all about purple because, of course, Joey Noel uses a purple mattress. She loves it. She says the, the grid is great, better than foam. And, of course, it has been keeping her cool for quite some time. Try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Financing is available too. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use the promo code games10. That's purple.com slash games10. Promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash games10. Promo code games10 terms apply up next is canva did you know ladies and gentlemen that we use canva here uh it's a thing that helps you learn it helps you figure out how you're going to do are you are you working in photoshop are you working in video are you doing stuff like canvas got you covered that's why tim's been using canva pro uh canva pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro it's a quick easy and affordable way to design whatever you need no matter what you're creating and sharing canva pro has everything you need in one place including a collection of over 75 million premium photo videos audio and graphics tim's been using this roger's been using this nick has been using this uh, of course anybody who's making anything at kind of funny that's not just screaming into a microphone like me uh they need graphics you need videos you need to get in there you need audio like they're talking about canva pro has it all it's perfect for small creators big creators any creator design like a pro with canva pro right now you can get a free 45 day extended trial when you use our promo code that's canva.me slash kfgd c-a-n-v-a.com me slash kfgd canva.me slash kfgd for more and our final sponsor of the day ladies and gentlemen is freshly dinner time can be chaotic but with freshly it's easy their chefs take care of you and your meals for a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you freshly offers chef made nutrient packed delicious meals delivered fresh to your door no cooking required ordering is easy you visit freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious satisfying better for you meals like steak peppercorn sausage baked penne or their chicken pesto bowl freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick what you want when you need it it'll do your dietary needs preferences taste and family size uh i still subscribe my father to freshly uh, i go through i pick the little meals on freshly.com and then he gets them prepared and he can just take them to work or when he comes home from work and he's exhausted he can just pop them in and cook them right there or you know warm them up and be ready to eat no uh, nothing he doesn't need to worry about it that doesn't need to cook number one crane operator greg miller doesn't have time for that right now freshly is offering our listeners 40 dollars off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash games stop stressing about dinner go to freshly.com slash games for 40 dollars off your first two orders that's freshly.com slash games for 40 dollars off your first two orders here here we are all right let's talk about speaking of things that are upcoming we got the new tom clancy game incoming uh this was also done on twitter everyone's just putting out these big tweets um and they ubisoft went ahead and put out uh tune in at 11 a.m pt so just around the corner if you're watching this live for the worldwide reveal of a brand new tom clancy a uh, game in the tom clancy universe um tim what's your read on this i'm so sorry but we come back early 
Chat has heard Kevin say he's really hot on Oreos. Oh, yeah, that came through. That's so yeah. funny. Just, just there's that. no context. Just that that. We were, we were just, <laughs> you, you, yeah, know, no, you don't, you don't need to know the context. Bad boy, Baron really Starry, hot on I'm Oreos. Really hot on I'm gonna yeah, click to chant that also. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think it speaks for itself. I mean, I feel like you said what we had all been thinking, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up, honestly, because I've been dying to talk about it. God. Yeah. So uh, this is interesting. This Ubisoft situation, uh, the the teaser, did you look at it? Yes. Very Call of Duty-esque vibe. Um, it, I was like, we're shooting. We're, yeah. it looks, you could have, I'll be honest, because I don't know shooters like that, so you're going to have to like drop your shooter wisdom on this segment. Watching that clip, I'm like, you could have told me this is a number of games, and I would have been like, yeah, sure. That could have been anything. You could have uploaded footage from just about any shooter, and it would have seen, seemed just like the same deal. Yeah, and, and that kind of seems to be the vibe going around, just looking at all the, the, the responses on, on Twitter, both on IGN and on the Ubisoft side. Uh, I, I think this is just, you know, Ubisoft like further, like continuing to do what it's been doing, which is especially now that it has its Ubisoft Originals brand, right? Like Ubisoft Originals, Tom Clancy's presents the blah, 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 as many words as you can put in the title as possible. Uh, with that, they, they kind of been building out what a Ubisoft game means over the last 10 years. And for a long time, that kind of meant you go to a tower and it unlocks a part of the map and et cetera, et cetera. How do we apply that to every genre of video game imaginable? And they've kind of shifted from that into kind of just being like, all right, we are going to make a Ubisoft original version of every genre of game there is. And we're going to try to turn it into a game as a service as much as possible. And like, that's kind of what Ubisoft game means nowadays. So they've tried with hyperscape to do their battle Royale, right? They've tried with, uh, uh, and, and succeeded with like kind of owning the third person open action adventure game with the Assassin's Creed titles as ongoing games as a service type stuff. And I think this is them kind of being like, cool. Like we don't really have a call of duty type shooter, like, a more black ops type uh, shooter. And, you know, they they don't need it, but they certainly could have it. I don't know if this is the right timing for this, especially with Hyperscape not really hitting the way that Apex does or Warzone does. And uh, I don't know if Ubisoft has the, the moment right now to be able to put that, this out in the world. But let me say this. I'm surprised this is happening. It makes sense. But I'm surprised it's happening, and I'm very surprised it's happening in the way that it is, where <laughs> IGN just has this exclusive reveal. Like, what the hell? Yeah, it, it is kind of unceremonious, which is a little bit odd. Um, again, maybe this is like a less than the blows scenario. Like, I, I think there's like two ways to read it. It's like they weren't that excited to share it. So, like, let's put it out more casually not to you know downplay ign re revealing gameplay like i think that's totally no noteworthy but again talking about pulling things out of a formal conference that's a little bit what the message sends to me i think also there's a lot of weirdness around tom clancy stuff where un unless it's what people want people tend not to really want it even if they will end up buying it so i think there's a little bit of that weird push and pull with it where it's like maybe we can just be a little bit more low key about it or just take a different angle, have it a little bit slow rolled. Uh, this also follows that format of kind of what Skate did, even though Skate didn't have like to show it was a teaser, but where it's like, okay, we're like teasing the bigger thing that's coming out on social and we're kind of having it be where, you know, now you have this on your radar, on your calendar um, for, stuff, for stuff to check out. Um, 
is there anything you can see from this that would get you excited about it? Like, where's your like excitement level for this game? I, I am not the audience for this game at all. I am interested in the the little Ubisoft tweet reveal where it's like you kind of see the neon colors and shit where I'm just like, I don't know that this is going to work. Like, I'm just interested to see how this kind of Tony Hawk's American Wasteland aesthetic uh, mm -hmm. is going to translate to a Call of Duty style game. Um, and especially like I, I hate to keep bringing up Hyperscape, but Hyperscape had a, a similar type of like, hey, here's a crazy neon aesthetic. And it at some point, it just feels like we're taking Ubisoft's kind of playing this game where they have like uh, it's kind of like in Super Mario three where there's that roulette where it's like there's the star, the flower and the mushroom. And you have to get the top part, the middle part and the bottom part. And they yeah, kind of just have like three different templates. And then they just play that game to figure out what their next game is going to be. It's like, OK, oh, it's a Tom Clancy game. It's a shooter and it has this neon aesthetic. It's like ship it, you know, Hey Tim, mm -hmm. do you notice that? Is that like that's a stencil, right? And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of graffiti on top. Mm -hmm. It's a graffiti game. Is, is this Mark it? Echoes getting up to Tom Clancy's oh, Mark shit. Echoes getting up to a Ubisoft oh, original? Shit. Somebody call Cool Greg. I saw someone. Well, it's like literally going to be revealed in like like either now or I think 15 minutes from now because I saw the IGN post at 11:15. Let's keep talking. They need to stop, guys. They need to stop just being like, oh hey, this debuts at 11, and then at 11, there's a 15 minute countdown or a god hopefully not yeah, an countdown. hour countdown it's just it's ridiculous it's ridiculous oh. but anyway is it being revealed right now and early and find out what you think either now or 11 15 ign's tweet says 11 15 but ubisoft said 11 so i'm like who's telling the truth i'm not sure who's telling the truth who's telling the truth uh, a, a, little wanna, both, a little bit of neither i'm most interested okay tom clancy's x defiant defiant Sure. XD we're like watching. It. For those listening, we're like looking at the feed now. Um, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think we'll be able to since it's just people talking to the camera. What? Why does it look like graffiti, guys? A lot of graffiti. It looks like Rage Two, um, which I actually thought Rage Two was. It was very basic, but I thought it was kind of decent. Like I like the vibe of it. Um, but as we vaguely pseudo watch what's going on with Tom Clancy, presumably this Tom Clancy game is far away. If I want to know what was coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. And it looks like this is free to play. Oh. Yeah. Uh... Okay, uh, out today is uh, Wrestling Empire on Switch, Arkanoid Breakout on Switch, Top Gun Air Combat on Switch. It's Switch season out here. Mm -hmm. Radio Commander on Switch, Yumarito, Doi, I think, uh, Nostalgia on Switch, and Grand Prix Racing on Switch. So just get your Switch out, just start downloading stuff. Like, don't ask questions, just start downloading things. Like, you know how, how the vibes are. Um, some quick new dates for you. Active Life Outdoor Challenge is coming to Switch September 3rd, 2021, and Auto Chess Season 13, Ocean Voyage, launches July 22nd. I didn't put that in there, and I'm hoping that's all one game, because it doesn't sound like it would be, but that's how it's written. So... TBD on that. Uh, real quick, some deals of the day for y'all. Persona 5 Royal is uh, available on PS4 for just $24.99 on Amazon. Catherine Full Body for Switch is $14.99 at GameStop. And 8-Bit Doe controllers are currently having a sale on Amazon. Um, other things or things, let's uh, take a quick glance at... Actually, Tim, can you check out You're Wrong while I uh, list out yes. tomorrow's host? Of uh, course. Tomorrow slash the upcoming hosts are Tuesday, we got Greg and Gary. Wednesday, we got Blessing and Andy. Thursday, we got Tim and Tamor, a.k.a. Tim Tam. 
uh, coming through. And Friday, it is Greg and Blessing. Um, if you are watching live, we also have Nick, Roger, and Jackie Jing, and Fran. That's a lot of ands. Y'all could just put commas in there. Are dropping into the war zone. Uh, and if you want to catch that stream later, subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Before we sign off, Tim, do we have any your wrongs? The only thing we have is Kebabs is saying the original PS4 was not sold at a loss. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The PS5 is the first PlayStation console to be sold at a loss, right? Kebabs further says no word Maybe on PS4 PS3 Pro well. or PS5. Mm. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for correcting on that. But on the on the whole, usually that is the case. But uh, I was surprised to hear that. I, I thought that that one was also sold at launch. So appreciate the correction. All right. Now it is time for the post show where supporters at the Silver Membership or above on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games get this. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.